Merry Christmas and welcome to the Retreat House Podcast. I'm your host, Angie Smith. It's Advent and it's time to prepare for Christmas. So over the next four weeks, we will talk about the different topics of Advent. Peace, hope, joy, and love. I hope you'll join us and we can all prepare for Christmas together. Welcome to the Retreat House Table. As I was thinking about who would I want to come and talk about hope, I immediately thought of my one of my past guests and thought her whole story has hope. She's clinging to hope. It's all over it. So I am so excited to welcome back Ellie Herringshaw to the podcast. Welcome, oh, Ellie. Thank you, Angie. I'm so excited to be back. I'm glad that you're here. And yeah. since you were here last time, You've started your very own podcast. Yes, you inspired me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I started a podcast called The Reclaimed Podcast. I love that. Um, and, and kind of just talking about ways that we can step into our own healing and step into um, just the fullness that God has for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, the first thing that struck me about you was the hopeful, redemptive way you walked through the, divor- the betrayal and the divorce, which I just yeah. think is exceptional. Well, it's Jesus. Yeah. It's just totally Jesus. Yeah. And to that point, I was going to tell you before we recorded, but we'll just record it for everyone else to hear too. Yeah. Every time I talk to somebody that heard that you were on the podcast, this I got the same reaction from everybody. Oh, Ellie. I love Ellie. <laughs> so, that's so sweet. Yeah, you've got a lot of fans. That's so sweet. Well, I, I that's that's just awesome. I I don't know how to come out of that. No, because I, I mean, but one one thing that was interesting is when you asked me to talk about hope, I was like, oh, this is perfect because hope is my middle name. Oh, that's it right. actually is. Um, my, my full name is Elizabeth Hope. And that's been something that I, I never really knew exactly why my parents called me that. And now I'm like, oh, I get it. I mm-hmm. because we we need it so right. much. And in my story. I needed it so much. And sometimes I felt like I didn't have it. And that hope isn't, is just totally in Jesus. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. He is able and he is willing to extend hope to us always. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I just, I just love that. I love that that's all that he's about. Mm-hmm. That's all that Jesus is about is constantly giving us hope. So what does that look like? Because there have been points in my life where I have felt like, I think hope can look in different ways. There's hope of eternal life. There's, uh, you know, future plans and hope. You know, what what does that hope look like or what does that look like for you? What is that meant to you? Well, to me, it's meant a lot of different things. I've I've actually Mm -hmm. I've done word studies and and lots of Bible studies on hope recently Mm -hmm. because I've had hopes in things Mm. that have been. And I've had disappointment in those things. Mm-hmm. So one of the main things in that is that I in in 2016, I found out that my ex-husband was having an affair. Mm-hmm. And I had hope right after I discovered that affair that our marriage would be restored. And that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. So in that, there was disappointment. In reaching out for restoration in our marriage, I was disappointed that he didn't choose me. Mm-hmm. And disappointment is, a, I mean, it sounds, it sounds so shallow based on actually what happened because it was like <laughs> devastating, mm-hmm. of course. But, but that is disappointment. And recently, um, since now that I've gone through 
I've gone through my divorce. I've been living as a single person now. I've even had relationships with people that have been I've been disappointed in Mm -hmm. that. okay, this is another rejection or or even it's just not right. And Mm -hmm. so then it might. But still feels it still feels feels like like a a disappointment because and a rejection sometimes because I have hope that there will be a future, Mm -hmm. that there'll be a restoration even in that area of my life. And I have been disappointed in that. Mm -hmm. But for me, hope is constantly looking at the promises of Jesus, looking at the promises that he gives me, that he has given me in the past, and that he continues to give me every day that I have fullness now. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a hope that I have. Sometimes I don't see it or feel that there's fullness if I'm feeling, you know, lonely or or anxious in the moment, he has promised me that fullness and restoration is right now so that in that I have hope that I can actually live into and, and just believe for. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't see the <laughs> if I don't see the evidence of it necessarily. Mm-hmm. But for me, this biggest thing, the, the the biggest thing that the Lord has been teaching me is this weighing out of of disappointment and hope mm-hmm. because disappointment is so real. It's so real. And and I think sometimes we feel like we can't be disappointed with God. And right. We can't, we yeah. can't say that. Right. Because, you know, but if that's I, that's not allowed. Yeah. Because, well, that means maybe you don't have enough faith mm-hmm. or you're not, tru- you're not trusting so him enough. So shaming. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It so is. But I think in a sense we have to, when, when we are disappointed, we have to hold up that disappointment and be like, mm-hmm. okay, let's maybe grieve this thing that didn't happen or, or just, you know, see it for what it is, but not allow that disappointment to overshadow future hope. Right. That makes me think of that Jesus endured suffering because of future hope, mm. because of the future hope. And so I, I think uh, we can get bogged down in the, the here and the now and the disappointment of today yeah, and not know that there's hope for tomorrow. And I like what you're saying, too, about the fullness, the to experience the fullness now. Miscarriages is part of my yeah. past. Yeah. And when I had my first one, I got some time by myself with the Lord and said, okay, Lord, you know, I read the Jeremiah 29, 11 verse mm-hmm. and know that it's taken out of context. So, you know, read more of the context. <laughs> And I was like, okay, Lord, I I know I have hope of eternal life, but I need hope here today, now, in this suffering. Yes. And when you go on from Jeremiah 29, 11 and 12, it says, In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. Hmm. And what that said to me was that I will find that he's with me. Yeah. The hope in that moment was that God was with me. Yep. So, and yes, yeah, sitting with you in that place mm-hmm. of disappointment. Right. Yeah. Then he'll never leave us or forsake us. And for me in that moment, that's what that hope looked like. So what, because you've talked about fullness and restoration, but what does that look like? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How, what, how did that feel? What, what fullness of what restoration of what in that moment? I think we are three parts of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We are a spirit we have a soul and we live in a body. I believe that when we when we receive salvation, 
our spirit is redeemed. Mm-hmm. Our spirit is made new completely. That it, that the old is gone, the new has come mm-hmm. instantly. And then, the, I mean, that's what's so beautiful about baptism that it's like that. It's it's more than a symbol of that, I think, but it's that beautiful symbol of dying to yourself and raising new. Mm-hmm. And I think that the soul, that's the mind, the the will, the emotions, those are things that need sanctification and mm-hmm. need working out. And we live in we live in our body, and mm-hmm. this is we're going to get a new one. So what I I took this this intentional way of healing called reclaiming. And that's what I talked about when I was mm-hmm. here when I was mm-hmm. here last about stepping into areas of my life that were these reminders and these triggers for me about my former marriage, mm-hmm. restaurants and and parks and movies and things like that. And I I intentionally went back to them with people, and in doing that, I was really facing the pain of that particular place, and allowing new associations to happen Mm -hmm. there. So it was like reprogramming these emotional triggers in my life to be not just these memories of my ex-husband, but but a promise of a new life and stepping into that new life. And I think a big part of that was sort of redeeming and working out the soul part of me, Mm -hmm. the mind, will, and emotions Mm -hmm. to say my tendency is pain, my tendency is, is hurt, in this, but I want to step into and take steps of faith towards redeeming those areas of my life because my spirit is something that's totally new because mm-hmm. of Jesus, because of what he did. And I just want to work out, I want to work that out in every aspect of my life, and particularly my emotions, mm-hmm. and just going back to that. And I think that that's, I think that that really is the hope that we do have hope of God restoring our soul. I mean, David mm-hmm. talks about that constantly in in the Psalms. He's like, you restore my soul mm-hmm. in Psalms mm-hmm. 23. And it's that working out of the soul to be to be made new too. Mm-hmm. But that's more of a process. That's not right. so much of a instantaneous kind of healing, I think. And which is what we would prefer. I Which mean, if is we, if yes, we, had to choose. we would. I mean, I would choose that, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and I don't think that's even to say that God can't do that. Mm-mm. I just think that He He knows that we need to live on this earth, that we need to continue to lean and rely on Him with every part of ourselves, and I think a big part of that is like, okay, how are how am I responding in this? How am I choosing to respond? I have a tendency that's maybe bitterness or resentment or whatever. But I want to, I want to live totally relied on Him and have every aspect of my life restored. So let's mm-hmm. surrender the pain. Let's surrender the emotions and the hardship, and work those out to be redeemed too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, we acknowledge God could do that. He could do an instantaneous healing, but in that process, I think we learn so much. Yes. Yeah. And if He can't believe I'm saying that because I fight every time I'm in the yeah, process. Yeah, don't but, we though? Yeah, but it but there's so much that we learn. There's I think a greater appreciation at the end. It's reminding me of running. <laughs> you know, I I run to be healthy. I'm glad when it's done. Yeah. And but the the process is important. It's mm-hmm. important to do the process of that. Yeah, it's building res- your, your muscles have to tear in right. order to grow. Right. In order to grow strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, running is a perfect example. I'm always using running as, as an analogy because <laughs> I ran the Twin Cities Marathon last year. And we, 
yeah, we, we continue to put like put miles in to build our cardiovascular system and to build mm-hmm. the endurance. And we need to be able to do that. We need to be able to stretch those miles and stretch our breathing and and mm-hmm. the way that our heart is pumping to then be able to run really far right. and for a really long time. Yeah, that word endure stuck out to me. That mm-hmm. that process is important so that we can endure after. Yeah. Yeah, so that's like later down the line. Mm-hmm. So maybe like, and I think the hardship, you know, the trauma that people have gone through or grief or like loss of a parent or whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, divorce, there's grief in that. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that John 1010 says that the enemy came to steal, kill and destroy. Mm -hmm. The thief came for that. But Jesus came that we may have life and have it abundantly. It's the enemy that causes these things to happen. But God takes them and he says, "Okay, I'm actually going to make you stronger out of this. Mm -hmm. So surrender it and allow me to reclaim the soul part of you Mm -hmm. to to press into that and surrender that pain, surrender it so that endurance can happen and then you can run a marathon if right, you want right. to or just like a mile <laughs> yeah. which is great too yeah and so, that's the hope that we have with Jesus I think right yeah so say a little bit more about that because you said you've been studying hope lately yeah what are some things that you're learning about hope I've been noticing more just in me and doing a lot of self-reflection mm-hmm. I have a tendency towards I'm a, I'm a cynic. I can be okay. a cynic. I can be, I can be negative. I can look at, I can look at the glass half empty. Mm-hmm. And I notice that in myself and I, I don't want that. And I don't think that that's how Jesus looks at life. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's how even he is calling meets personally to maybe, maybe there's people that want to live that way and that's fine (laughs) I don't want to live that way right I want to live with I want to live with hope and positivity and put that out to Mm -hmm. other people because we have that we have that and so I've been I've been noticing that in myself and thinking okay what is that tendency in me and how is that how has that been showing itself and why is that showing itself and for me it's been that balance between my disappointment overshadowing my hope Mm -hmm. And I think that that is really where cynicism and bitterness just grow. Mm-hmm. And I, I think last time I was, I was with you, I talked about the bleeding woman in the Bible. Mm-hmm. She's one of my favorite biblical characters. I just think she's incredible. And I've been studying that story more and more. And I see her, her just shameless and persistent fight against disappointment Mm -hmm. as something that's so admirable to have hope that Jesus will heal her Mm -hmm. Um, because that scripture says it's in Mark chapter five and and she says it, it, it says that she continued to go after her own healing through physicians and she she tried everything and nothing was working she was only getting worse and she spent everything that she had Mm -hmm. so she continued to try for 12 years to no avail. And so, of course, there's disappointment in that, where she continues to seek it out and continues to go after it, and there's disappointment. Mm -hmm. And she continues to fight that in that moment when she she hears about Jesus. She hears about Jesus and the testimonies that people have had, that there's been healings, that there's been lots of lots of restoration in people's lives and she hears about that and she says, okay, if only I touch the hem of his garment, then I'll be made well. 
So she has this mounting hope Mm -hmm. that Jesus will heal her. So she, in that, she is not allowing her disappointment to overshadow her hope. Her hope is growing. It's, it's. Yeah. Yeah. Or even social norms. I mean, she shouldn't have been there. She shouldn't have been there. She shouldn't have been in the crowd. (laughs) She should not have been. I mean, there are so many things against her. She was unclean. Right. So she, so even just to touch anything, Mm -hmm. she made that thing unclean. Or to be, I mean, it says they were, she was in a crowd. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. Jesus said, I mean, I felt the power go out through from me. It it touched me. Yeah. It also does say that there was, that there was a crowd, a great crowd that followed Jesus. Right. So she was, yeah. yeah, she was in the crowd, obviously touching other people, mm-hmm. and she's dirty. I mean, she's been she's been bleeding for twelve years, mm-hmm. and ceremonially unclean. Right. So in the context of her religion and the social construct, she couldn't to touch something. She would make that thing unclean. Right. So she's fighting all against. That's her hope is yes. causing her to fight against all of that. Uh-huh. For her healing. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's it's total. It's just it's it's a beautiful picture of how I want to live mm-hmm. to continue to press in abandon I mean, yeah it's complete abandon yeah complete abandon and and just that that beautiful I mean I just I just think of it as just gazing on Jesus and we see now the story of what Jesus actually did of being there for three years and doing ministry and then dying and then raising from the dead and so that is the true gospel right now. She didn't even have that whole perspective at the mm-hmm. time. And so that is actually the hope that we have and that that we will be redeemed. And we, we are, but he's redeeming every aspect of our life. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the hope that's available for everyone to just step in, recognize the areas that hold pain, recognize the areas of disappointment in your life and surrender them to God because God is not... Or your disappointment is not bigger than God. Right. Your disappointment is not bigger than the hope that's actually found in Jesus. Right. And you may be thinking, like, listening to this or whatever and think, oh, well, I just don't have hope. I don't have it. You, you do. You absolutely have it because you have everything that you need in Jesus. Mm-hmm. You have everything you need for life and godliness in Jesus because he supplied you with all of your needs right according to his riches and glory like <laughs> that's it that is the promise that we have and so to, so to to sit there and maybe recognize this is an area of disappointment in my life but my hope is totally totally in him and mm-hmm. he he's got it right and i think it's worth saying again that he can take it he can take your disappointment he can take your cynicism he can mm-hmm. take your anger that those are all things he can handle. He's God. He can handle that. Yeah, he meets so, us where we are. Yeah, yeah, bring that. Bring that to him. Oh, I so totally, I totally did that, and I'm sure you did that too in your in in all of the grief that yeah, you've done. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> right, it wasn't for me either. Mm-mm. There was times where where I would be sitting, I'd be just laying in my bed crying. I mean, how many of us can really do yeah. that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like literally crying myself to sleep, so disappointed and that disappointment so easily turns to anger Mm -hmm. and that anger just can breed bitterness and callousness in my Mm -hmm. heart. Mm -hmm. And we, I just don't have time for that. We don't have time for that. We have, you know, 80 some years on this earth, if we're lucky, that callousness, that bitterness and resentment cannot, I just don't want it there. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody does. Mm -mm. No, no, but it's, it's an easier go to. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes than than to deal with the pain of whatever the situation is. 
sometimes right. it's easier to go to to be bitter, to be yeah. angry instead of to feel instead of to feel the hurt. But then once you surrender, yeah, and let him let him be a part of that. I'm preaching to myself right now. Yeah. Um, let Aren't him, we all? <laughs> let him be a part of that. And that takes vulnerability. That takes allowing, I mean, God can already see us, but not hiding ourselves from him. Not like Adam and Eve, not, you know, trying to cover yes. ourselves. Yes. And the way that he so gently goes in and says, where are you? Yeah. You know, who told you you were naked? Yeah, you know, he's exactly. he's and he's engaging, engaging them. Well, he meets us Goodness, exactly. I needed to tell myself that. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm so glad. Well, he meets us exactly where we are. Mm-hmm. And I I don't think that he, I don't think God ever shames us. Mm-mm. I think the shame is the, and that's what you're talking about with, with Adam and Eve. Right. They, they were naked and they felt no shame. And then the minute that they sinned, that they felt shame. They were like, oh no, we're naked. Mm-hmm. We've, we're, we're discovered. We're, we're out in the open here. And then what Jesus does or what, what God does in that, in that story, he sees their nakedness. He says, where are you? And they're like, we're naked. And he makes them close. Mm-hmm. He meets them exactly where they are. He doesn't say, okay, well, you're just going to have to live like that. Mm-hmm. He sees that and he says, okay, well, like, I'll, I'll take you in and I'll make you beautiful. And Yeah, because guilt says, I did something bad. And shame says, I am bad. Exactly. And that's yes. an important distinction that that I need to make with myself a lot because I find that it's easy to fall into not I did something bad, but I am bad. Right. Right. And so I, I think that shame is the only unredeemable emotion. Mm. I don't think that there's really anything good about that. No, that no. Is, it's no, no, only, no. Yeah, it's only the enemy telling us that. Mm-hmm. And it's that same shame that when we do something bad, when we have sinned, that we maybe we'll skip from from guilt to shame mm-hmm. um, that the enemy uses to say you are bad right. because you've sinned. Mm-hmm. And then when something bad that has happened to us, you know, whether it be getting a divorce or um, like sexual assault sometimes, there's that shame that comes on mm-hmm. that says you are bad because oh, this well, thing happened. Oh, well, I wore happened. that dress or I went to this place. Yes, exactly. Which yeah. is shame. Right. And for and- me, and for me, it was the shame of saying I'm a divorced person. Mm. And I never wanted that. I never wanted that word. And I would even tell people as like when I was happily married, I would say divorce is not in my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And then I, it was a word that I was that was being described as me. You know, I, mm-hmm. I was described I was described as label. a divorced label. label. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it felt like it felt like this scarlet letter on me that was I am a divorced person. And there was so much shame wrapped in that for me, that is not from Jesus. Right. That is not from the Lord. And so it's that same shame that the enemy uses, whether you do something or something is done to you or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the case is, they're they're totally, they keep you isolated. They keep you sitting in where you are mm-hmm. rather than surrendering it, rather than moving past it to wholeness and restoration after that. Right. It's just not okay. No, it's not. And it can be a real barrier in us seeking God and us chasing after him. Yeah. Like that, the woman with yes, the bleeding woman trying to touch yep. the hem. Had she been ashamed, had she had shame, she probably would not have gone after him the way that she did. Well, the only place she could find him is in this, is in this crowd. Mm-hmm. So she faced the potential shame if she mm-hmm. wasn't feeling it to actually go into a crowd of people 
that she was isolated from, she mm-hmm. should have been isolated from because of her unclean state. Right. She went directly in that mm-hmm. to find Jesus. And that's where Jesus chose to heal her. He did publicly. Publicly. Mm-hmm. So she so she received this total restoration, not just not just this this healing in her body, not mm-hmm. just, you know, the blood drying up. But she she received a restoration in her soul mm-hmm. at that time and her place in that society. I mean, he turned around and restored exactly. her position exactly as well. And then he calls her daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, he calls her daughter. He mm-hmm. says, "Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace." And then he also says, "Be healed of your affliction." Mm. So it's like he he he's already she's already been healed in her body. So now you've been scarred. You've been hurt for 12 years. Continue to step into this restoration. Mm-hmm. Continue to step into your healing from this affliction. Right. Live healed. Live healed. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Live healed. Mm-hmm. Don't live broken. Yeah. Because he's made us well. Mm-hmm. And that's hope. But yeah, that is the hope. Mm-hmm. That is totally and completely the hope. Yeah. I don't think there's any more to say <laughs> about hope. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, a big, a a lot of what I've, a lot of what I've studied, Paul, when Paul talks about hope Mm -hmm. in, in all of his letters, he's, he's always saying like the hope, the hope in the salvation Mm. and that we have that, we have that hope to know that it is actually coming, that Mm -hmm. we can, and we will meet Jesus again. That's, that's a lot of, so if you do, if you do a word study on hope, especially in the sort of the, in the epistles, You'll hear a lot about that, that we have this hope of Jesus coming back. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. It's going to happen. That was a good point. That was There was more to say about hope. Yeah. <laughs> That's an important point. So since we are doing uh, Christmas episodes, Advent oh. episodes, what is your favorite Christmas memory or tradition? Okay. The first thing that comes to my mind <laughs> is when I must have been like five years old, I... It was Christmas Eve. My parent, my dad was a pastor, so mm-hmm. we would always have, you know, Christmas Eve services. And so anyway, we came, we came back and we were so excited for Christmas morning because we always open presents on Christmas morning. So I have a younger brother and an older sister. And we all at that, that Christmas or that Christmas Eve night, we all slept in one room, mm-hmm. which was um, upstairs. And we were so excited. My younger brother is about two at the time. And then my older sister is three years older than me. Anyway, as we're sitting there, my my parents come and they tuck us in and they're, you know, praying for us. And my dad says, okay, you can't get out of bed because Santa's not going to come if you if you get out of bed. And so we're like, you know, so excited for Christmas. <laughs> and probably 10 minutes later, we hear this banging on the roof. My sister and I look at each other. We say, oh, it's Santa, it's Santa. <laughs> and my little brother, Matt, is two years old and he freaks out and he starts bawling and crying and he just freaks out and he starts running downstairs and we're like Matt you can't go downstairs you can't go downstairs because (laughs) Santa won't come because Santa won't come then and um he he runs downstairs my mom is like it's okay it's okay and we're like it's Santa he's here he's here anyway it was my, my my dad went up on the roof and got a ladder and everything and um that is commitment it was it was absolutely commitment santa still came even though matt went Mm -hmm. downstairs but um from that moment on 
my brother and kind of all of us were kind of traumatized from Santa <laughs> because this little ter- two-year-old brother of mine um, never really saw Santa the same. Okay. So we um, we, c- we continue to joke about that in my in my house. <laughs> the time that Santa came to the roof. <laughs> oh, that's a great story. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming back and talking about hope and Christmas and also the hope. I mean, we have hope because of Christmas. We do we have because, hope because Jesus, Jesus came. came. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and I love this season of Advent because we have the hope that Jesus is coming. Like, I love that in actually the season of Advent, we're waiting for Jesus. We're waiting mm-hmm. for the birth. And that's the season that we're in now of waiting for him to return. But we can live in that hope right now and live in the fullness right now. Side of town, and we'll have a swinging sign. Oh, Merry Christmas! Let's share some cheer tonight. Thank you for joining us today at the table. Any information mentioned in the show or things we talked about can be found in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Or if you've already subscribed, please leave a review so that others can find us too. If you want to keep up on what's happening with Retreat House, you can find us on all the social medias at at Retreat House Podcast. If you want to keep up with what's happening with me, you can find me at at Angie Smith MN. We'll see you next week at the Retreat House Podcast. And so this Christmas, I hope you'll take the time to come on down to my side of town. Cause you're a friend